One, two, Tasticals. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Paranoid Radio Podcast. This is the best show with the best content for the best listeners. And I am the humble host, Trebles Garcia. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to jump in from the deep end of the pool and set the fucking moon. Do you believe in life after love? After? But ultimately, when it's never been, love is the strongest human force in good and evil. I am a father. I am a dancer. I am a husband. And I am, I am also a lost son. And I'm also a found one. I am a conspiracy theorist. And I'm also, importantly, I'm a fucking addict. Tonight, we break and dismantle and obliterate habits. This episode doesn't only bring and doesn't only need your weak emotional response but also mental monkey gym splits it simply needs your also and ultimately it needs your fucking truth we carry our stories on our shoulder and pride and adaption on high but not our addictions what is your weakness weakness family sound waves things and thongs your secret and illegal desires Today's topic doesn't only put a cap on drug abuse, but also bottlenecks on porn, modelos, best friends, barbecues, mom's cooking, shoe brands, and even pet peeves on how to wipe your fucking ass. Habits are worse than falling in love, if you even know the word. Women and men, today's topic takes you to rehab. Please give a warm welcome to Survivor teacher, friend, spirit guide, and true blood, double A meeting instructor and podcast host, Michelle Curiel from Sobriety Playbook Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Angel. I appreciate that introduction, man. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to have you on. It's a humbling pleasure. And thank you so much for being here. I want to thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge and everything that you are with my listeners. It is season five and we're coming in with heat and we're striking where the iron is hot. And I think this is one of the biggest, biggest topic that no one wants to talk about, but everybody is suffering through. Not only because people are programmed and listening and eating and tuning into and vibing with lower frequency and lower fucking lower level frequency shit activities like using drugs and drinking myself. Uh, and even working is a low level activity to a point if it makes you miserable, right? Um, mm -hmm. But also connecting with low level habits. And I think habits is to a point where habits is something that you take in and you don't, you don't, it goes into your subconscious and you're like, ah, wait, wait, wait. It's just, it's normal. It's normal to have two beers after a Friday night. It's normal to get aggressive with your wife after you have those two beers on a Friday night, et cetera, et cetera. It's a domino effect. Now, Please, before we even jump to the main conversation, I'm already ranting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the Sobriety Playbook podcast. She is here tonight to dominate, drop bombs of knowledge with all of us and to make deposits into the bank of knowledge. Michelle, please let us know, let us know how you got inspired to do this. Who are you? What is your podcast about and where the listeners can find you? Yeah, so my name is Michelle Curiel. 
I am 43 years old at this time. Um, I was inspired to start my podcast as a way to just share my experience with other people. I, uh, I ran into the arms of drugs and alcohol at the age of 14, and I didn't stop drinking or doing drugs until I was 39 years old. Oh. Yes. So okay. at this point, next month on August the 8th, I will be celebrating four years of sobriety, being clean and sober from like all mind altering substances, which is honestly something I never thought that I would be able to achieve. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm, happy for you. I'm happy for you because I can't say that, but I celebrate anybody else who can. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. it, it takes a lot of time, a lot of awareness, a lot of diligence and willingness to let go of all of the things that caused me to run to drugs and alcohol. You know, I had first started um, using marijuana at the age of 14, right? Like the summer right before high school. And then uh, during freshman year, I started to do Coke. And so I did that for about four years. And then I took a little hiatus whenever I moved to LA actually to pursue my modeling and acting career. So I put that my, my addiction on pause and I started to drink a little bit um, after I left LA and I returned back to San Antonio, that's whenever I started to do cocaine heavily. And then I slowly and surely started to become addicted to, to crack cocaine. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. You know what? We just made this whole episode about you. Forget this. Where can they find you? We're going to jump on to that story from the transition from San Antonio to Los yeah. Angeles. And from that's where we're going to jump in and then we're going to go back. Okay. We're going to, we're going to talk okay, about cool. this. Okay. First of all, where can they find you? So you guys can find me on YouTube at the Sobriety Playbook. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok mm. and Spotify. So yes. the Sobriety Playbook I'm on all platforms, to be honest. That's right. That's right. The Sobriety Playbook. The Sobriety Playbook on Instagram and also on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, please look it up. The Sobriety Playbook. Okay, let's go. Michelle Curiel. Okay, so you win. Okay, so a lot of people, like I mentioned in the beginning in the entry of the show, I myself need to drink a beer every single Friday. I myself came from a very dark background. People still think I'm a fucking tweaker because I have that habit of tacking and just being jittery and just hyper. But that's just my energy. I'm high on life. And I learned how to be high on life because I have another addiction, which is Paranormal Radio Podcast and all my listeners. But before that, I was a fucking cokehead. Mm -hmm. fucking heavily i was wasting like 60 fucking dollars almost every other two days and just rah, 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 just fucking why do you sell fucking tell rating rail rail training whatever the fuck they're called i was just going at it bro so yeah i get it but the point is i didn't travel from point to point to point around the country trying to find myself while mm -hmm. losing myself can you mm -hmm. give us a little bit of of that detail what pushed you to come so you were following you were pursuing a modeling career Mm -hmm. and a modern acting career you said right yes I was mm -hmm. go mm -hmm. for it go for it tell me yeah so I was pursuing you know ever since I was a little kid from teachers society the media um just from the world is always teaching us that we need to reach outside of ourselves to be happy right mm -hmm. so my idea was like maybe if I become an actress maybe if I become a successful model then I will be happy. And I just kept chasing all of these things. And I never found what I was looking for. Was, this, um, was it almost self-centered, do you believe? I think that, you know, one of the reasons why I had started using drugs and alcohol was not, I, I don't believe it was self-centered. It was because, well, in a sense, yes. 
Mm-hmm. Let me take that back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I was seeking attention. I was looking for love. Mm-hmm. I was looking for validation. I thought that maybe if I became a model that people would love me. Maybe if I became a a successful actor that I would get the attention and the respect that I felt that I needed as a human being, not in a sense like I deserved it, but I was just looking for a sense of feeling complete and acceptance. So I never found it. Another one of the reasons why I had decided to continue using drugs was because um, I was a very energetically sensitive being. So if I walked into a house and someone had just passed away, like earthbound spirits would speak to me. And I just, I was clairaudient. Okay. So I had the ability to hear spirits that were like in between realms or still had attachments to the earth. Oh God. This just became an evolutionary conversation. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm blown away. So this yeah. is, it all connects. It, all it, connects. It, was okay. just, it was just very overwhelming for me because I kept all of these experiences to myself. As a child, I didn't express any of this to my parents. I didn't tell any of my family members or my brothers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to being able to hear spirits, whenever I would walk into a room, I would just feel like energy shifts. Uh-huh. Um, if I walked into a house, sometimes I would feel like this huge energy, just like weight, like fall onto me. Yeah. And I, and I just wanted to step out of the doorway and not go back in because something in that, something happened in that house, something traumatic happened there. And so whenever I started using drugs and alcohol, it's like my spiritual gifts from went from on to off. So I felt like I could breathe whenever I was high or I was drunk. That is next level shit. I thought this conversation was going to go off. It might still be, right? Because like the reason I, okay, I'm not trying to block you anything, but I'm just going to give you an example. Just give you an example. Yeah, of course. Let me rewind. Okay. I ran into drugs because we had traumatized childhoods. I think mm-hmm. most of the people here in LA that run into gangs is because they want to feel loved and accepted and have a family sense, a purpose, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And also I ran into drugs because I felt safe mm-hmm. in a sense of physicality. Like if that's even a word, I felt like um, um I want to escape my problems and my stresses, but your problems are not this round problems your problems are next level problems yeah. this is deep bro this is mm-hmm. fucking deep i'm sorry to interrupt you. i just want to make an exception like you know people might relate to me but there's mm-hmm. people that relate to you this is a, a you're opening a whole different door here a of spirituality sure. okay mm-hmm. continue please continue please yeah so i was just really overwhelmed by my life um you know in addition to just he- hearing spirits and feeling energy whenever i would walk into a room if I would walk next to somebody, I could feel their emotional pain. I could feel their physical pain. So for example, if someone was experiencing tremendous back pain or they had sciatica, like I would feel it in my body as if it was my own. And I did not know how to differentiate between their pain and my pain. So I assumed that these ailments and this pain that I was feeling was mine. And I would go to doctors after doctors and try to figure out like, what's wrong with me? Why am I experiencing this? And they would run numerous tests and things like that. And they'd be like, oh, nothing's wrong with you. 
Later, I just found out that I was an intuitive. I found out that I had the ability to pick up on other people's, you know, um, emotional distress. Wow. I was an empath. I was very empathic. And so um, I did not know how to set emotional boundaries. And I didn't know how to not pick up other people's Talk energy. about emotional boundaries. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So how did you start coping? mixing into the drugs like like okay this is deep dude because I'm, I'm i'm visualizing what you're saying and i can never tell you i know what you're feeling never i could never do that but i could visualize it and i, I want to be aware about it and uh and i could feel this i'm walking through target let's say walmart and walking with my daughter wrapped around my neck and she's holding me and there's this couple that passes by me and they're going through some shit. And right away, yeah. I, it only takes a matter of seconds for me to feel mm -hmm. it. And I, there goes my day and there goes my attitude and there goes my mm -hmm. attitude towards the people I love. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So for me, for example, now that I've been sober, now that I've emotionally detoxed and we can get into that later if you would like, yeah. but I make sure that I, do not go into low vibrational places in a sense. Okay. Um, I know that saying like something is low vibe is being like in a judgmental way. So for example, like if I need to go to Walmart because that's the only place that has something that I need, mm. most of the time I will order online and I'll go pick it up or I will get there before like the Walmart people get there. And what I mean by that promoting is like, Walmart.com. <laughs> so, so like I will get there before like 8 a.m. because usually Walmart people like to sleep in and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, wow. I'm just follow. very mindful about the places that I go to. Thank you for fucking with us. Thank you for fucking with Paranormal.com. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, and foremost, I gotta set the tone. Just the truth, the truth. Okay, okay. So let me know. Okay, so okay, so you went into drugs. You moved to LA. You were looking. You were pursuing. You were trying to find yourself, but at the same time, trying to avoid yourself because you are yourself. You can't be. You cannot <laughs> stop being yourself if you're yourself. If that makes any sense. So uh -huh. you went. You came here pursuing something, trying to find yourself, right? And yeah. and then you use drugs. And wait, you you got into alcohol. You went back to, to Texas where everything right. is bigger, and <laughs> you got back into even the lines, dude. <laughs> get back into cocaine right and yeah. tell me about that right before we jump into your emotional detox that's man important so i started dating this drug dealer and he was selling cocaine and uh one day it, me and his friends were partying and one of his best friends was talking about crack and so i convinced him to show me how to how to cook it and so i started learning how to cook it myself. And I started smoking it like every single day, like all day. And uh, before I knew it, I just started to pretty much lose all of my possessions. So everything started going to the pawn shop, started to sell drugs. Um, I started to lose a lot of weight. My family was having a hard time trusting me. Um, my life was pretty much falling apart. I was losing all of my connections to my family. And I was just partying like every single day and selling, not even to make money, but just to support my own habit. I can relate. Mm -hmm. I can relate. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a functioning addict. I can relate. I feel you there. It's, it's very fun to see through the mirror, right? It's, it's, it's not fun. How do you say it? It's very, very... 
shaky. It shakes me emotionally to see myself in the mirror. I'm seeing myself in the mirror right now while, while you're mm -hmm. speaking. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Continue, please. Yeah. Deep so talk, man. It was it was intense because at the time, you know, I was smoking a ton of crack. And in addition to that, you know, I was just, you know how it is whenever you're doing coke, you can down like so many beers, like a 24 pack is gone before you know it, because you can just drink all night. Right. Mm. And then in addition to that, um, I started to gain a ton of weight. And it, which was interesting because I was doing coke, but I was drinking all of this beer and then that was causing inflammation. And then I was like constantly going through like drive throughs and eating fast food and eating bad food and things like that. So I became like 300 oh pounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think you saw like one of my posts earlier today on Instagram pictures mm -hmm. of me, like before <laughs> I got mm -hmm. sober and I was huge. So I'm going through an inflammation process right now because I'm not doing Coke or anything, but I am a drinker in the weekends. I mm -hmm. have to have my two modelos right after work. I'm shaving my head. Like today, I I had two my, my, my two modelos right now, right? Like maybe two hours ago, I haven't been I shaved my mm -hmm. head. And you know, <clears throat> it's just a habit. I'm a functioning addict. I don't do cocaine anymore or anything. I, I believe it or not, I have a neighbor yeah. that does that does that does meth and and he has glass, he has broken windows all day. And mm -hmm. I walk by him and I see him on one and it's Monday for me. I got to go four more days to work. I got my day job and I'm like, no, my babies, no, my babies, no, my babies. Mm -hmm. And then my babies includes my podcast too. So I'm like, yeah. if I lose this distraction and is and I stop riding this wave, I'm only going to become a bigger of a loser. And it, it takes a lot to wake me up. My best friend, Big Tank, which is the co-host of this show, he didn't only bring schedule to me. He didn't only bring me awake, uh, like to wake up. I'm not woke. I'm awakened. He also brought in some type of reality and sense of father fatherhood, if it makes sense. So mm -hmm. it's like uh, in collaboration with everybody that's around me, I feed off their help to stay away from me, even though it's right in front of my fucking face. But please continue. Yeah. Please tell me your story. Continue telling me your story. So you learned how to cook it. You were already in the gutter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then yeah. What so happened? I, it's interesting because whenever I reflect back on my addiction, like I went through phases, like I would date some guy like for seven years and I would be addicted to like a certain drug. And then like, I'd break up with this person after seven years and then I would get with another person. And so the next phase was like, okay. I seven years is a long time, dude. It is a long, it is a long time. <laughs> it is a long time, but it's just interesting that it was just happened in seven, seven year phases, which is weird, mm. but that's just the way that it was. And mm. so the next person that I started to date, I, uh, he was and, also a drug dealer. And, and today is seven, seven, and we're going at 7 PM. That's right. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm true. sorry. I had to bring that in. <laughs> no, no. I'm glad you okay. did. Yes. It's, uh, so I started to date another drug dealer, but this time, well, he was selling Coke at the time as well, mm. but I, I I don't know if you've, you've ever experienced this or any of your listeners have experienced this, but for me, this is my truth is like, I, after a certain amount of time, like Coke crack just didn't get me high anymore. So I started to experiment with other things. And so I started to snort, snort um, heroin, started snorting, oh. snorting heroin. Okay. And I, I did that for seven years. And uh, at the same time, I was using a lot of Xanax. I was taking my doctor at that time had prescribed me three bars per day. So I was getting like 120. Wait, wait. Okay. Oh, yeah. shit. You were. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. God yeah, so I was damn. Taking, yeah. You were on one. It, it, it was bad because anytime that I would take Xanax, I had a tendency to black out. And uh -huh. then what I would end up doing would 
was going to like stores and stealing things. And then in the morning I would wake up and there would be new clothes, new jewelry and new things like that. And I remember at one point um, I had asked my boyfriend, I said, Hey, like, thank you so much for buying me this new clothes. And he's like, I didn't buy that from you. He's like, you brought that home from wherever you stole it from yesterday. And so um, that's whenever I realized like, damn, like, I, I really, really need to like get a, get a grip on this stuff. And I didn't for like several years later, but um, off your body language mm-hmm. and off what you're telling me, I know you told me yeah. you had an open, you were an open book, mm-hmm. but it seems like, it seems like it's hard kind of like speaking about it still. No, it's not actually. I don't feel like it's hard to speak about it at all to you're tell you the it. truth. Yeah. Like, cause it doesn't even feel like I have done so much work in my sobriety. Mm. Sometimes it's honestly what's hard. And maybe this is what, what it's coming from my body language. Sometimes it's, it's hard to remember. Okay. Uh-huh. Because it, it feels like it's so far, like in the rear view mirror mm. that it wasn't even my life. To be Whoa. honest with you. Like you were Sunday. Like what? <laughs> like you was sending. <laughs> <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah, and I yeah, definitely okay. have. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But okay, it's, so it's interesting. Let's let's jump into about the, a little bit into the emotional detox. Mm-hmm. Okay. Emotional detox. That is fun, funky. I've heard about uh, energy detox. I've heard mm-hmm. about detoxing from like fucking drugs and i've heard about detoxing from like like food and, and getting yeah. yourself you know pooping out the all the bad stuff and shit i've heard of all the types of detox except for this explain mm-hmm. to me what is this and then please jump into details how did you how did you complete your emotional detox okay so emotional detox is basically just letting go of all the resentments the fears the anxiety the grief the trauma anything that led me to drugs and alcohol. Um, Because yes, you know, you said like a lot of times people are led to drugs and alcohol because of trauma and stuff like that. And I've been, I too have been through traumatic events as well. It wasn't just being energetically sensitive that led me into the arms of drugs and alcohol. You know, uh, I've been kidnapped, I've been raped, I've been tortured. I've gone through emotional uh, abuse. I've gone through sexual abuse. I've been in narcissistic abuse. Um, I have been through an array of trauma. How are you complete, dude? Wow. What did you say? How am I what? How are you still here? Like, how are you put together, man? Congratulations on making it this far. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yes, it's a... (laughs) It's amazing. Like I can never compare. That is freaking crazy, dude. Wow. Okay. (laughs) You just made me remember a lot of stuff. Yeah. Tell me. Detoxing for emotional. I have two more questions for you Mm -hmm. leading into like to the final phases. I want to know first is I have two questions. I'm going to drop them on you right now. Your emotional response. How do you emotionally detox with detail? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you do it? How do like, for example, like regular Joe, like me, with kids and wife and and a regular day job, right? And then maybe you could relate with any other listeners. That's the first question. Mm -hmm. And the second question would be, um, 
let's just go with the first question. I'll, I'll edit this out. I don't want to yeah, interrupt the thought. For yeah. sure. Uh, one other thing too, that I just wanted to mention to anybody that's listening, you know, is I, I just want to make sure that everyone's aware, like, yes, I was addicted to, to, um, to marijuana and cocaine and crack and then snorting heroin. And then eventually I started shooting up heroin. I was also addicted to shooting up meth and all kinds of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications and all sorts of alcohol. So uh -huh. at the end of all of that, I was temporarily in a wheelchair because I kept overdosing on what I thought was heroin, but it was actually fentanyl. And then I had lost the ability to speak temporarily because not of anything physical, but because the drugs and the alcohol stopped working. And I was in so much fear that I was not going to be able to face my life without being under the influence of something, but I couldn't get drunk and the drugs didn't work anymore. And I had almost lost my left arm due to an abscess from shooting up constantly with dirty needles because I couldn't afford to buy new ones. Get the fuck out. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, so the wow. drugs didn't work and I knew that something had to change. And the thing that was terrifying in a very upsetting to me. And I remember cursing at God one day because there were many times whenever I tried to end my life and I would just wake up cursing at God, like, why the hell am I still here? Or I would be woken up by paramedics from after flatlining off of fentanyl and my parents' bathroom floor and being dead and then coming back to life and then looking at the looks on my parents' face after they kicked down my, the bathroom door. And so I was very upset because not only could I get drunk or high anymore, I couldn't die, but I knew that something had to change, right? So Michelle, I started to go, Mich yeah, go for it. Michelle, that is, oh my God, dude. Oh, how many more than an hour for this? Your story <laughs> is astonishing. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. The amount of pain mm -hmm. you didn't only go through, but you put yourself through. Mm -hmm. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's, I am, I'm shook. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And I'm thankful to God that you're here right now to this mm -hmm. moment. Sharing this with everybody else yeah. with no fear in your heart, with no fear in your eyes. Mm -mm. Thank you. Thank you for being yeah. here. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so happy to be here. And what's interesting now is that, and I'll get into the emotional detox in a second, but one mm. of the things that I'm super grateful for is like actually going through all of everything that I've gone through. There is no part of me that feels regretful about anything that I've done. There's no regret about any of the consequences that I had to endure or any of the pain and suffering that I had to go through. Because essentially what I learned to do is transmute all of that suffering into peace and wisdom and to and liberation and so that I can share my experience with other people that are stuck in the pits of hell here on earth that don't know how to escape but I can at least just share my story and share how I was able to escape from it Freaking testimony that's not a, that's a testimony oh yeah. gosh if you do you mind if I ask are you still an empath Oh, for sure. What? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Do you practice any of your talents? Do you put them to work? 
Well, I'm an intuitive. So for I'll give you an example. <clears throat> if I have a conversation with somebody and they just tell me, hey, like I'm going through this situation, this is happening in my life. What I can do is just pinpoint like the inflection in their voice, the words that they use, their tonality, uh, just their energy. And I can tell them exactly what it is that they need to do to let go of certain things so that they can remove those subconscious blocks that they've placed in their way. And so that they can remove them and then just become the person that they were always been, to be honest. You know, it's really challenging for me, just to be honest, like it's challenging for me to pick up on people's energy just through text. Mm -hmm. If I hear someone's voice and I can see you, like that's a lot easier for me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So. Okay. So you're still empathic and that's amazing. That's beautiful. And you're now connected with it. And now emotional detox, I want to get back into that. Let's go. Let's go yeah. Back into that. That's a lesson okay, for all cool. of us. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> cool. for sure. So emotional detox is like so transformative and it's the only thing that was been, that was able to, to help me release from this addiction. So essentially what an emotional detox is just taking an inventory of my entire life. So it's going back as far as I can remember and looking at all of the pain that I endured and mm -hmm. looking at the root cause of my suffering, look at the root cause of my fear, look at the root cause of my trauma, and just getting to the point where I realized that I needed to change my perception. I needed to change my thinking. Um, for me, it was just like I had gone through so much pain and so much trauma that I needed to learn to let it go. Like for me, like whenever I look at resentments, a resentment is close to the word sentiment. So there's like re-sentiment, like it sounds like re. So sentiment is to feel. So re is again. So it's like re-feeling. So an, a resentment essentially is to re-feel something that's happened in the past. So I don't know if you've ever been in a situation Let's just say like you're at your nine to five job and there's a coworker that's speaking to you and he says something to you that reminds you of something that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. And then in your mind, you're going back to that specific situation that happened Resentment. in the past as if it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. So you're refeeling that situation as if it's happening right now. And it doesn't even have anything to do with the person that's in front of you, right? This person could be like a new coworker. Maybe you haven't even had a conversation with this person, but maybe you start projecting some fear or judgment towards this person because it reminds you of something that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So for me, emotional detoxing was looking at those resentments, taking personal responsibility for judging people in the moment, looking uh, at those fears and letting them go. Amazing. Okay. And then once yeah. you let them go, Mm -hmm. What happened? Once I let him go, what happened? I felt like there was a weight that had been lifted. And I realized like one of the biggest resentments that I needed to let go of was against myself, which I feel like maybe you have against yourself with what you're experiencing with your mom. Mm. So a, a lot of times there's like certain things that we've done in the past and we feel really guilty about them. We feel really shameful and we feel like we regret what occurred mm. and we kind of just like keep beating ourselves over the head about mm -hmm. a mistake that had happened. But I would say like the number one resentment and the most important 
person that I needed to forgive was myself. And that was probably the most challenging thing for me. But once I was able to forgive myself, then I was able to just kind of like go through life and feel more free, feel more like weightless. I didn't feel so heavy. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I was trudging around the world with this like really heavy backpack full of guilt and shame and anxiety and depression and all these and then try to hide it from the public yeah yeah Yeah. and you have and you're like wearing this mask in public trying to pretend like everything's okay but on the inside like you're screaming hey you'll be surprised of how many people go through that every single day you'll be surprised who has a bag the size Mm -hmm. of your fucking car on the mm-hmm. right shoulder. It is mm-hmm. absolutely insane the amount of people that go through emotional trauma and then hide it, specifically when it comes to like people that have mm-hmm. our, I want to say backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. That is that is amazing, dude. That is amazing. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I've shared in the beginning, at the ending of season four, I mentioned to everybody, and you could go ahead and listen to it. It's on the air. Everybody can listen to mm-hmm. it. The first uh, minute and 30 seconds of episode 60 on season four, we I went in and I said, you know what? Season one was this. Season two was this. Season three was this. Season four was this. And season yeah. five is more things to come to flourish. And and we're at full, we're at full potential now. And and. And I thank God and the listeners, first of all, God and the listeners, my family, my kids, and people like you that collaborate with me to make this happen. But if it wasn't for Paranoid Radio Podcast, mm-hmm. Big Tank sending a schedule for me and every yeah. single collaborator on every single episode and every single topic and the creativity that has God has blessed me with, I wouldn't be sane today. Mm-hmm. I would have been in jail. I would have been dead. I would have been probably fucking tweaked the fuck out. I was already fucking with tweak as it is. I would have been lost. So the point is, sometimes finding yourself is very near. Sometimes letting go of the pain and forgiving yourself is Mm -hmm. around the fucking corner. And I want to end that on a high, beautiful fucking note because this Mm -hmm. is Paranoid Radio Podcast and we had... An amazing soul, somebody that has so much knowledge, so much, so much, so much emotional experience to share with everybody. If you want to get more of a glimpse on her, if you want to get more information about her, if you want to listen to the rest of her shows and everything she has to do and all the topics she goes through and all the other podcasts she's on, make sure you check out the Sobriety Playbook podcast. Please, Michelle, let them know where they can find you and give us the message for the day. What do you think the listeners should know? Something that you should, they should know about, about you or, or a piece of advice? Yeah, so for sure. You guys can definitely find me on YouTube and Instagram and Spotify and TikTok as well at the Sobriety Playbook. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that I think that I, I want to let you guys know is um, Angel had mentioned finding ourselves, right? And to me, it was just a matter of like removing that fear, removing those resentments, removing the anxiety, removing like all of that emotional baggage. Because what happens is, you know, from the time that we're born, we're like this completely free spirit that's full of joy and happiness. And then as we go through life, like we Mm -hmm. start going through trauma, we start going through heartbreaks, you know, we we start going through, yeah, there's just Mm -hmm. like 
life happens, right? And so that we start to build like walls around our hearts and we start to protect ourselves from all kinds of different emotional toxins and things like that. And then we get to a point in life where it's like, you know what, maybe if I, if I start drinking or I start using drugs, it will protect me. Or maybe I can just forget about all the things that, that have been happening. I can forget about the pain. I can forget about the sorrow that, you know, if I start drinking, then maybe it's going to relieve some of this anxiety, but eventually most people get to the point where like that beer after work doesn't work anymore. That line doesn't work anymore. Mm. All those coping mechanisms no longer work. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the point where it's like, okay, you have to look at yourself in that proverbial mirror and you need to take responsibility for your life. And Ooh. then that's whenever, like for me, I started to look within. I started to shift my focus from looking on the outside for happiness. Uh. And I looked within myself and then I said, okay, well, what is it that needs to change? There is only one thing that you need to change. And that was everything. There was only one person that needed to change, and that was me. So if anyone is looking for any type of guidance, like please just mm. shoot me a DM on Instagram, and I'd be happy to work with y'all one-on-one. Shout-outs to, shout-outs to Talking Roosters podcast host Rico. Uh, the dude, he's amazing. He's an amazing rancher. He's an amazing conspiracy theorist. But when I first recorded with him, he was also a little shaky. Hey, motivate yourself to do some video content. Get yourself a social media platform and keep rocking that shit out. Flash for Flash underscore news one. He's my deep state correspondent. Same thing. So much talent you've invested to you. So much talent you've committed to Paranormal Podcast. Imagine what you would do if you had your own creation. You know, this is not just them too. Everybody that has the creativity inside them. Maybe you're not a podcaster. Maybe you're a constructor. Maybe you're a saxophone fucking player. I don't fucking know. Uh, I don't know. You're a freaking computer artist or whatever you want to call them. Find yourself. Create yourself. Don't be scared of that. And if you are scared of it, run into the storm. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a fucking see myself in the mirror reflected off people like you. And I'm pointing right at you. People like the people that like, like Big Tan, because you guys are all parts of me. Everybody's functioning like a fucking clock. Everybody's telling me, you know what, Angel, this is where you got to go. This is, you guys are guiding me through my whole fucking scenario, through my whole life. My kids are my biggest reflection of me because mm -hmm. that's where I cut out every other chain that I went through back in my fucking past and give them the best abilities and the best adaption abilities ever because that's what they got to do in life, adapt. They don't have to be the fastest or the strongest or the freaking or the quickest or the smartest. No, they just know how to know, need to know how to fucking adapt. Be survivalists like we are. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And that's in finding yourself, creating yourself. And I'll be honest with you. Um, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. It grows inside and you have to learn before you learn how to love your kids, before you learn how to love your job, before you learn how to love job, your hobbies. And before you learn how to job anybody or anything, learn how to love yourself. And that is what I picked up from you. If you learn how to learn yourself, dude, you're fucking unstoppable. That You're yes. unstoppable. That That's is the so most beautiful true. thing. You know what you, you you said something in the beginning how you perceive the world you said and two episodes ago with k podcast the last episode on season four i said something about how it's a saying in spanish where every brain it's his own mind and every mind it's its own world and how you perceive the world is how mm -hmm. you're going to reflect off of it which means the brain for example the brain right the brain 
never sees the light of day, but you know it's light outside through your eyes, right? However, mm-hmm. your brain never sees the light of day. Your brain is encapsulated into a fucking skull, right? Yeah. And you ne- it never sees the light of day. However, you know it's day outside and you're conscious about it and you're aware about it, right? That's what I'm fucking saying. Create how you perceive. You can. The world is the world. Create your mind, change the way you perceive it and watch it internally change. This is why I think we live in a simulation because if you can hack mm-hmm. that code, which is inside here, which is yeah. in your brain, you'll it's be true. able to fucking do something bigger. This is this is Paranoid Radio Podcast, the Sobriety Playbook Podcast, conjointed together in one massive bomb of knowledge and potential and emotional distress. And I'm calling out for help, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Michelle Curiel, please find them at the uh the sobriety uh, playbook podcast please let them know one more time where they can find you and we close out the show yeah you guys can go ahead and find me on youtube instagram spotify and tiktok at the sobriety playbook sobriety playbook the sobriety playbook on instagram make sure you check them out on youtube and please you got to start off you got to, you got to get an app, app, apple uh apple podcast that's where it's I at will. yeah i definitely will yeah just to let you guys know i have over 300 episodes on youtube Wait, wait, okay. How long each episode? Since uh, every episode's different. There's, I have a bunch of YouTube shorts. I have some videos that are 20 minutes long. I have an hour long shows. I also have four minute shows. So it's just anything that you need. I mean, it's all there. And there's tons of playlists as well. You're phenomenal. You're phenomenal. And I congratulate you on your path. I congratulate you for your wins. And I celebrate your losses as well, because without your losses, I wouldn't have you here in the show today. And the listeners wouldn't Absolutely. have you on their ears. That was right. amazing. That is three over 300 fucking episodes. Make sure you check them mm-hmm. out on YouTube. That is amazing. Send me your links right now. Please don't take I sure will. Do not spend no more 30 seconds fucking TikToking. No, no, none of that. Send me your <laughs> send me your 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 descriptions. If you have a link tree to all your shit, whatever I you do. have, whatever you want me to add to my drops uh, to my to my paranoidradio.com and I'll put you on the drop site. This is amazing because you have so much content. I, I, I this is what I need to feed off and contribute to. I need to contribute to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the whole segment, this whole this whole mm-hmm. episode, audio and video. I'm going to put it into a Dropbox link and I'm going to send it to you so that you can download it and have it unedited, unfiltered. And you could use it however you want. And obviously, I'm going to edit it. Not the video. We do the video. Everything here is raw. Raw as fuck. Except yeah. for the audio. The audio, I have to stitch it with some sounds and, you know, a segment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, beyond that, you'll have everything at your disposal. And we're crystal clear how we do our operations here. Thank you so much for being a Paranoid Radio Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out Paranoid Radio Podcast on all podcast platforms absolutely free. And drop a faster review on Apple Podcasts. It allows oh, everybody else to enjoy the show as much as I enjoy making it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, Michelle Curiel, for being here, the Sobriety Playbook Podcast. And have a blessed night. <laughs> Hello, but you have